Welcome to the Food Foundation podcast, the award-winning voice of the charity which campaigns for better access to healthy food for everyone in the UK. I'm Shibi Ramutar, TV chef and author of Cook Clever. And this week, in the fourth of this 12-part series on the Food Foundation's annual broken plate report on the state of the nation's food system, we're talking about the rise in fast food outlets in the UK. If it's an independent chicken shop, you're going to expect to get five chicken wings and chips or whatever. How much would it cost them more to, like, bring in healthier stuff? The Food Foundation believes that a strong food system can underpin a strong society and have a profound impact on the nation's health, happiness and overall prosperity. Sustainably producing our food can shape our countryside and our landscapes, boosting biodiversity and regenerating wildlife. Our food system can be instrumental in positively shaping our nation and our lives. But this year's Broken Plate report finds that one in four places to buy food in England are now fast food outlets selling convenient takeaways that are high in calories and low in nutrients. And most worryingly, it finds that the increase is in the most deprived areas in the country. Leticia Petrovich, City Food Policy Lead at the Food Foundation, works directly with Birmingham City Council, one of those deprived areas, on transforming its local food system. She explains why these figures matter. When you think about the proliferation of fast food outlets on high streets, the first thing that you think about is what does that mean for young people and children who go to school and are exposed to this every day? This matters because it's not just about choice or variety. It's about the health accessibility and how the lack of that is actually magnified in the areas where there are already socioeconomic disparities. So living close to those fast food outlets has been linked to children actually eating some of this nutrient-poor, calorie-rich foods, which leads to weight gain and associated health issues. So you can see how there is a link between the proliferation of those fast food outlets and unhealthy choices on the high street and the problem that we have with the obesity in this country. The Broken Plate report finds that there's a fast food outlet for approximately every 1,200 people in the UK. That's around the same as the United States. Compare that with Spain, though, which has a fast food outlet for every 3,000 people. 21-year-old Janai is one of the Food Foundation's young food ambassadors whose lived experience has been informing its campaigns for four years now. She's just graduated in sports and exercise therapy at Loughborough University and says that she's constantly bombarded with temptation from the high street. Just walking to work and I don't even walk through town. I pass like five takeouts and if I go through town, oh gosh. So I mean, Mac is a KFC, pizza, burgers. I don't think I can count on my hand how much I, I see there. Fran Bernhardt is the Children's Food Campaign Coordinator at Sustain and understands all too well what Janai is saying. It's it's really tough. Um, you know, everywhere we go, we are flooded relentlessly with unhealthy food from the shops on our high streets to the marketing on bus stops to our journeys into school and our journeys home from work. It is absolutely everywhere and it's normalising unhealthy food with with the idea of boosting the sales of profit-driven companies um, rather than prioritising our health. Um, but these companies don't have to sell this stuff. 
And we have seen that it is possible for them to sell healthier food, for them to promote healthier food and for them to make it affordable for us to eat healthily. And while there's nothing to incentivize the food industry to sell healthier products, Fran has been working directly with local authorities on restricting advertising with some great results. So the government can restrict advertising um, of unhealthy foods across a number of different mediums. So already we have seen um, the government put forward um, a law to restrict unhealthy food from TV advertising before 9pm. And they've also um, proposed a a total online restriction of unhealthy food advertising. Um, We also know that there are a number of other methods by which companies reach us with unhealthy food marketing. Um, One of the key ones is outdoor advertising. So street advertising, posters, bus stops, lampposts um, and transport. And we've seen local leaders do some amazing work to restrict unhealthy food advertising across their advertising estates. And I've supported a number of different local governments, um, including the Mayor of London and a number of other local authorities across the UK um, to bring in these restrictions. And we've seen amazing work, both in terms of bringing in robust policies, uh, but also responses from industry. You know, we have seen that industry has shown they can work to the rules where there are strong rules in place. You know, they they will continue to take out advertising. They will swap out their unhealthy food for healthier food in order to comply with these policies. So it just shows that when you bring in strong policies and you have strong definitions and you stick to them, that actually you can raise the standard. You can bring in rules that mean that we all have less exposure to unhealthy food. And actually it's it's kind of win, win, win um, because essentially, you know, those companies can still advertise. So those businesses are still spending money on the advertising estates. So those local governments and potentially could be national government, would still be able to take money. And yet all of us walking around, watching TV, going online, would be exposed to less unhealthy food advertising. So there is so much to be gained by bringing in stronger regulations. While national government is failing to address the increase in fast food outlets on the high street, the Food Foundation is working with local councils across the UK to develop some answers. We've already heard about Birmingham's development plan as part of the Sustainable Cities Initiative in a recent episode of the podcast, and it's now one of the most proactive councils in the country in its work on a healthy high street. In November 2018, Birmingham Public Health released a planning toolkit for developers to guide them through a health impact assessment. Leticia says it's a great example that other local authorities could follow. It's really um, a guide that helps the developers consider access to healthy food as a core indicator. So the asset developers um, consider is how their um, development is going to ensure that there is an access to growing spaces, um, a range of retail shops that provide healthier and nutritious options, and to ensure that they they don't contribute towards an over-concentration of hot food takeaways. Justin Varney is the Director of Public Health at Birmingham City Council. He says that understanding why people are so attracted to fast food is key to transforming the high street. Although we celebrate, we recognise our culture through food, actually the food we eat is one of the big drivers of health. And unhealthy food drives health inequalities. So convenience is important when we talk about food consumption. The reality is that 
in the post-COVID world, we're all living a little bit more locally. Um, and many of us are working in hybrid ways, um, but we're often working longer hours. You know, it's very easy to wax lyrical about cooking from scratch and you know, cooking in these ways, um, but that requires time. And actually, the majority of us are now becoming increasingly time poor as the sandwich generation of caring for children, caring for parents, and possibly caring for grandparents, plus having working hours which are always switched on because of the way we now digitally collect with people. All of these combined to mean convenience is king. And that's why fast food is growing. That's why fast food is in that environment. And unless we have a conversation about that, we're going to demonise people that are using it. And that isn't the right solution. So that's why I feel strongly that the space we should be getting into is how do we work with the fast food sector to make affordable, healthy, convenient food rather than just demonising the convenience. But he says it's also important to remember that not all fast foods are equal. What the Broken Plate report highlighted was the um, saturation of many of our food retail spaces on the high street by fast food. But it is important to reflect that we use fast food as a massive kind of catch-all phrase for a lot of different types of food retail vendors. And it's not impossible to have healthy fast food. Um, you know, and we shouldn't make that fault of assuming that all fast food is unhealthy. The Broken Plate report finds that 80% of takeaway food outlets planning criteria are not health focused. It recommends that local planners use their power to regulate the number of takeaways on the high street. Justin Varney, who contributes to the report, says that Birmingham's integrated sustainability strategy helps its planning policy to be an effective way to influence the local food environment. Where local authorities can work with fast food is around things like food hygiene and safety. Um, And we shouldn't forget that that's a real opportunity to connect with what are often small businesses um, working on their own to help them improve the quality uh, of what they're offering. And there are lots of good examples from around the country of simple things like changing the number of holes in the salt shaker in a fish and chip shop will reduce the consumption of salt because most of us know that we like three shakes of salt um, and they don't really notice if there's three holes less and therefore we're consuming less salt. Um, there are things that we can do around supporting better cooking practices and there's been some great work pioneered in areas like London in this space that we're now bringing to Birmingham to to learn from. One of the reasons I think we see a lot of fast food retail, particularly in areas which are more deprived and the high streets aren't able to um, create the economic interest for large chain retail, is because it's a relatively easy entry point for entrepreneurs. If you're an entrepreneur, you've got that get up and go to run your own business. Actually setting up a fast food business is reasonably affordable and doesn't require multiple levels of qualification or skill. And yet the flip side of that is that the market offer for those entrepreneurs is predominantly wholesale based, um, ultra processed, high fat, high sugar food products um, where there is an element of profit margin to be made. And what we haven't done in this country yet is really created a different alternative model for fast food entrepreneurship. Actually, if you've got the get up and go and you want to get into the food business industry, we should be nurturing fast food industry, which is successful and economically viable, that produces healthy food. And that requires a bit of thought and a bit of application. It's a great start. 
but the high street is not the only place that can tempt people to choose fast food. Well, yeah, it's almost virtually impossible because you see it all over social media as well with um, Instagram and TikTok, just like constant advertisements of junk food. You get like, you know, like Uber Eats and Deliveroo and everything and they just email you or send you messages and I'm just like, no, 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 I need to cook. I live with my flatmates as well who are the same age as me and they're just like do you want to order food do you want to order food and I'm like no I can't Birmingham is one of the cities already working with well-known delivery businesses to create healthier alternatives we know that um, there are a number of initiatives being developed across the cities in the UK, working with well-known delivery businesses to incentivize the out-of-home sector to make small substitution to make their offer healthier. And that is really important because in the sea of unhealthy options that you see on those um, delivery apps, it is really important to have an indicator of what the health, those healthier options are. And by, by promoting those, the businesses will have um, a financial incentive, but also working with number of retailers and wholesalers who can provide discounted rates for the healthier produce, like substituting chips with rice or salad, will make this um, transformation not only better for the communities that those businesses serve, but also will make economic um, sense, which is really important to ensure viability for, for those businesses. Last year, South Tyneside Council refused plans for new takeaways because of its drive to reduce obesity. Gateshead Council has also shown strong leadership in this area, successfully reducing the proportion of fast food outlets by 14% just by using their planning policy. The Broken Plate Report recommends that as part of the effort to empower local leadership through levelling up, councils and local authorities need to be better supported and encouraged to use the powers available to them to transform their town centres and high streets to facilitate better diets and health. For Janai and her friends, a healthier high street is a dream. I think it would be ideal, but how realistic is it? How would you make it healthier? you know what I mean? Because if it's an independent chicken shop, you're going to expect to get five chicken wings and chips or whatever. How much would it cost them more to, like, bring in healthier stuff? The idea of convenient, healthier food on the high street or via one of the delivery businesses already revolutionising the way so many people eat could be just around the corner. Janai says, bring it on. Yeah, one of my friends. Her favourite, like, takeaway is Subway. And I think that's relatively healthy. So I'm just like, girl, yes. And my other friend, she's an athlete as well. And she's working, so she's always on the go. So just having a nutritious option that's quick and easier for her, that would be really good. Especially in Loughborough when everyone's a sporting person anyway. You've got a lot of, like, health influences and TikTok influences on like yeah on social media so I think people are interested in it but it's just about the accessibility but food isn't just about convenience the broken plate report recommends that enforcing stricter regulations on the opening of fast food outlets could simultaneously deliver benefits in tackling health inequalities and also increase people's satisfaction within the areas they live 
and in the more deprived areas of Birmingham, which feature in the Broken Plate report as having such an alarming proliferation of fast food outlets, the City Council is working with the Active Wellbeing Society to create happy, healthy communities, leading active and connective lives. Vicky Hemming is its head of food. Obviously, food's a massive part of this. Um, How can you engage in the activities we offer if you're not eating enough or enough of the right food? I think food definitely uh, impacts your mood, your motivation and energy levels. I I see it myself with myself. Um, So we run four community cafes and we also have a food truck um, where we go out to support with food at other interventions that we run across the city, like walks and bike rides, mental health support. Um, And we turn surplus food into nutritional meals for over 2,000 people a month. Um, And we also provide cooking skills across the city as well. So all the food work we do is based on it being nutritious and accessible to people um, that need it most. Um, One of our most popular sessions this summer was some family cook-off sessions where moms, dads, carers brought their children along to a cooking session. They were shown how to make some tasty, nutritious food and everyone sat down to eat it. And then they took extra home as well. Um, So not only are people getting access to some nutritious meals, they're getting family time without screens. That was also one of the, uh, you know, benefits of that too. But as Vicky says, for those suffering from social isolation due to lack of transport or bad health, often related to poor diet, community cafes can be a lifesaver. I think social isolation affects... uh, you know, across all society, really. And um, there's a lot of talk about communal dining, communal cooking. And one thing that um, we talk about a lot, and it'd be something that we'd love to pilot, is a space that a community has access to, where people can come and cook together um, and share perhaps collectively bought um, fresh produce or surplus produce and turn it into meals that you sit down and eat. But maybe you have someone that's time poor um, that comes in just for the eating bit, you know. So you've got both the cooking and the eating together. You've not got 30 ovens on in 30 different houses. It's all being cooked under one roof, sharing recipes across different cultures. Um, Because I do think that there is a lot of talk now about collective buying at local level as well as using surplus food to get access to more healthy food. Um, and, and, you know, that, that would be wonderful if that was within, embedded within every community. Pay as you feel community cafes using surplus food to feed those who can't access a healthy diet. Does Janai think it could work on the high street? And does she share this vision of a healthier Britain? I think so. Like, that just sounds, A, amazing. And be again thinking from a, a student town. Students are always trying to find like the cheapest option, so I think that that would be amazing for students. Just, I actually love that idea <laughs> because it's just it's just helping everyone, like helping with food waste. You're allowing people to get a good meal for what they can afford. I think that's amazing. I don't see anything wrong with that. Tens across the board for that one. Justin Varney says that it's about building a new vision. And that can become a reality if we use examples that we've already seen to be working. 
tackling this challenge in fast food can't just be done at a local level. It requires national level intervention and thought. I would love to see us have the same kind of approach to food that we've taken to science, technology and engineering. That kind of STEM initiative of jobs and skills, that nurturing of incubation of food businesses and food industry. Um, We need to recognise that a country, one of the things the UK does incredibly well is grow food and um, produce food. And we love to consume food. Um, Yet we haven't had the kind of national policy landscape, the intervention in innovation in the food space. And this is a really good example about where we need that. You know, actually, we need the food incubation, financial models and structures that support healthy and sustainable um, fast food, but support businesses to be economically viable in this space. And there are lots of different barriers currently in the national policy landscape to that becoming a reality. So my kind of big ask is that at a national level, we start to see food as a core business for the UK economy. And we start to see a similar level of investment in innovation, skills and training, and just the appetite for change that we've seen in science, engineering and technology. Fran Bernhardt from Sustain says that a joint-up approach to health can only be good for the whole of society. It is so important that we make sure that everyone has the opportunity to live healthily. And food is a fundamental aspect of that. We need to make sure that um, healthier food is accessible, available and affordable for everyone so that everyone can grow up healthy and everyone can reach their full potential. But currently, that's just not the way it is. We know that for many people, healthier food is completely unaffordable, completely inaccessible and completely unavailable to them. As a result, we see that diet-related diseases like obesity and diabetes and tooth decay having disastrous consequences for our economy and for our social services, our healthcare. Society needs everyone to be as healthy as possible. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As we head towards the next general election, the Food Foundation is calling on all policymakers to recognise the importance of the food system in shaping the nation's health and wealth. The Food Foundation has launched a manifesto for the next government and we'd love you to take a look. Just click on the link in the show notes and do make sure you subscribe to this podcast to keep up to the latest analysis on what makes healthy food matter.